Welcome back to Torah Imach and Yomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Mrs. Michal Horowitz. Today we will continue our study of Sefer Tehillim. We are up to Kapitel Chaf, Chapter 20. Amamtseach Mizmar the David to the conductor, a song to David. This is a capital that is typically recited um, in a time of trouble, in a time when we are waiting for salvation and deliverance, in a time when we fortify our strength and remember that the outcome relies not on the might of man, but on the strength and the salvation of God. In terms of tefillah, this capital is very familiar to all of us because in the Ashrei prayer, after the Amidah, in the concluding section of the Shachar's prayer, this chapter of Tilm is recited in its, in its entirety in Shachar's after the second Ashrei, between Ashrei and Uvalatsia, and we recite the Lam Natsech. Of course, there are certain days when it is not recited. Rosh Chodesh, Chanukah, Purim Katan, two days, Purim Gadol, two days, Er Pasach, Tusha Ba'av, Er Yom Kippurim, Cholamite, and also not on the base of Aval. So the Lama Tzeich is recited almost every day of the Shachos weekday prayers between Ashrei and Uval Etzion um, in the concluding portion of morning prayers. Lama Tzeich is Mother David to the conductor, a song to David. Ya'ancha Hashem biyam tzara. It's a supplication. Hashem, Hashem, he will answer you on the day of your affliction. Yesagev Hashem Elokei Yaakov. May the name of the God of Yaakov fortify you. So when a person feels weak, when a person feels down, and they we've known upon to rely only our Father in heaven. We turn to God and we call out, and the um, psalmist fortifies our strength and tells us, and, and our Muna, that Hashem will answer us on our day of prayer. He will be a fortification for us by the God of Yaakov. He will send help for us. From where? From the holy sanctuary. And he will support us from Tzion. Here we mean Har Habayis, Temple Mount. So here the psalmist refers to Hashem remembering the um, korbanos, the offerings, the flower offerings, the korbanos that were brought onto the Mizbech, the Mincha offerings. Hashem will remember all of your offerings, the Mincha offerings. So this is interesting, and it's translated by the Steinzeltz Ketuvim is, and he will accept your burnt offering, Sela. However, the word Dashen, it also refers to the ashes in the Mishkan. Every, the Chumash tells us in Sefer Vayikra, the beginning of Perak Gimel, Vayikra Perak Gimel, about the, Perak Vav, I'm sorry, Vayikra Perak Vav, Pasuk Gimel, the Pasuk describes the mitzvah of Trumas Hadashen. The mitzvah of Trumas Hadashen was the daily removal of ashes from the Mizbeach, the copper altar, and placed on the floor right next to the Mizbeach. So there's a special mitzvah for the Kohen to remove the ashes from atop the Mizbeach and put them on the floor next to the Mizbeach. And this is called Trumas Hadashen. So I was thinking to myself, he's Korkol Mechosecha, Hashem will remember all of our mincha our fine flour and meal offerings for Olascha and the Ola offering, which was an animal that was entirely burnt Hashem, Yidashne. He remembers the Deshen, the Trumasa Deshen, the ashes of that offering. And we ask Hashem that our Mincha offerings, our Ola offering, the mitzvah of the Trumasa Deshen should be a remembrance before him, so that the base of Mikdash should be speedily rebuilt so that we could engage in these mitzvahs when again, once again. In a modern day translation, we ask that Hashem grant us our heart's desire and fulfill all of, our, all of our plans. And then when Hashem answers us, what will it be? We will sing from Rida. <coughs> Excuse me. 
we are seeing from Rina of the salvation of God. And through the name of God, we will be heightened, we will be raised, Godol, we will be made great. It's a tefillah, Hashem, please answer all of our requests. Now I know that God has saved his anointed one, his Messiah. He answers him from the heights, from the heavens, the holy heavens. With mighty strength of Hashem's right hand. And then famous Pasuk. These ones come, the Umas Ha'olam, the non-believers, the nations of the world, they believe in the strength of their chariots. Chariots, they believe in the strength of their horses. And what do we come with? As for us, in the name of Hashem, our God, we will invoke. And through the name of Hashem, our God, a reliance on Hashem, our God, we will be successful. The nations of the world, those who rely on horses and chariots, will stumble and trip. They will fall, but we will arise, and we will be fortified and take heart. Hashem Hoshia, it's a, it's a tefillah, Hashem save us. Moshe Rabbeinu said to the Yidden on the banks of the uh, Nilus River, not the Nilus River, Yamsuf, the Sea of Reeds. Stand by and you will see the salvation, the deliverance of God that he will do to you today. Hashem Hoshia, Hashem, it is Hashem who will save us. The King will answer us. Beyond Kareinu on the day we call out. So no matter how many times a person feels that they've called out and they've been unanswered, we understand that we haven't been answered yet. And in the right time, Be'ezod Hashem, Hashem will answer all of our tefillahs. So sometimes painful it is to go through different situations. We have to remember that while we do normal hishtalus, ultimately, Ele Barachov, Ele Basusim, all of our hishtalus is just that, hishtalus. But it's all external trappings. The salvation does not come from chariots and it does not come from horses. Substitute any modern-day might that man relies upon. What do we come in? The believing Jew comes in the name of God, that we will mention the name of God, and with our faith in Amunah and Hashem, he will save us. I want to quote from a book by Rabbi Chaim Jachter. It is called Reason to Believe, Rational Explanations of Orthodox Jewish Faith. It's extremely interesting. Um, Rabbi Chaim Jachter is a... Uh, Rav from Congregation Sharei Ora, the Sephardic Congregation in Teaneck. He's a dying on the baiting of Elizabeth, New Jersey. He is a teacher, he is an author, and he is a lecturer who lives with his wife and, teen- and children in Teaneck, New Jersey. It's a very interesting book called Reason to Believe. And I want to specifically um, elucidate upon this verse, Ela Barachov, Ela Basusim, when we come with our Amuna in Hashem and all the chariots and the horses and substitute modern day. Um, Reliance will melt away in the face of the might of the Rebona Sholav. I'm quoting from the chapter called Discovering Hashem in Today's World. And the subheading is Hashem in the Six-Day War. And I quote directly from the book. As with the remarkable and unanticipated establishment of the State of Israel, most believing Jews perceive Israel's stunning victory in the Six-Day War, 1967 Six-Day War, as another demonstration of Hashem's hand guiding the course of Jewish history, the result of this war was so implausible that the manifest conclusion is Hashem It can only be that this emanated from Hashem, which is, by the way, another um, from another capital of Tehillim, Kofiyot Chask. And Rabbi Jachter quotes Rabbi Lawrence Kalman. Rabbi Lawrence Kalman, say for permission to believe, is quoted by Rabbi Jachter. 
1967, an, Im- an impatient Egyptian president, Nasser, violated the truce from the 1956 war between Israel and Egypt, and he moved 100,000 troops into the Sinai Desert. Egyptian President Nasser in 1967 moved 100,000 troops into the Sinai Desert. On May 19th, he ordered the withdrawal of the United Nations peacekeeping units, which complied instantly. On May 22nd, Nasser blocked the Gulf of Aqaba, and eight days later, he signed a military pact with King Hussein of Jordan. That same day, under Jordanian guidance, Iraqi forces took positions on the Israeli-Jordanian border. And you read just that paragraph alone. This is not a comprehensive overview of the 1967 Six-Day War. It's one teeny paragraph. It's a few sentences. Look what the enemy was doing to prepare to annihilate the very young state of Israel. Nasser moved 100,000 troops into the Sinai. He ordered the withdrawal of the UN peacekeeping units. He blocked the Gulf of Aqaba. He signed a military pact with King Hussein of Jordan. And Iraqi forces took position on the Israeli-Jordan-Danian border. If you ask anyone, how do you think the outcome of this war would be? Anyone hearing that would say that Israel will be demolished. Continuing in reason to believe in the quote from Lawrence Kellerman. Kellerman. On June 5th, reacting to intelligence reports that war was imminent, Israel launched a preemptive strike. In a single day, Israel destroyed almost the entire Egyptian Air Force. Jordan and Syria both declared war. In six days, Israel defeated all three armies, Egypt, Jordanian, and Syrian. Each one of those three was larger than the size of its own. So the Egyptian army was larger than the IDF. The Jordanian army was larger than the IDF. And Syria was larger than the IDF army, the Syrian army. And Israel defeated all three armies. That means it was fighting a power that was more than three times greater than itself. The Israelis retook the Sinai. They captured and reunited Jerusalem and the West Bank. And they took control of the Golan Heights. To this day, many military experts are at a loss as to explain the Jewish victory in 1967. Continues Rabbi Jachter, and I quote that I never forget. Rabbi Barrowine quotes a West Point general. West Point is a military academy for the United States Army. Rabbi Barrowine quotes a West Point general as remarking that though the United States Military Academy studies wars fought throughout the world, how come in West Point they do not study the Six-Day War? If they study tactics and lessons from wars fought around the world, why doesn't the United States Military Academy at West Point teach about the Six-Day War? Because, as one general remarked, West Point is interested in strategy and tactics, not miracles. It's such a powerful teaching. It's so short. And I asked the general at West Point why he doesn't teach about the Six-Day War. He says, there's nothing to learn from the Six-Day War. We teach strategy and tactics. That was a miracle. Rav Yehuda Ami tells Asal, the, uh, one of the Korosh Yeshiva, Yeshiva Haritzion, I'm still calling Rabbi Jachter, related that before the Six-Day War, there were American Jewish leaders who pleaded with the Israeli government to evacuate the children from Israel. The annihilation of Israel was expected. The chief rabbinate of Israel de- designated public parks as burial sites, with over 80,000 deaths expected. The dramatic and highly unexpected turn of events instantly took us from darkness to light. As in the time of Esther and Mordechai, says Rabbi Jachter, 
The Jews had light and gladness, joy and honor. Why don't you teach about the Six-Day War? They asked at the West Point Military Academy. If you teach about all other wars, replied the general, because we teach strategy and tactics. The Six-Day War was miracles. King David reminds us that, yes, we might be beyond Tzara, might be a time of trouble, but Hashem will answer us. All we need to do is call out to Him. Hashem will answer all of our requests. We know, says King David, I know that now God will save His anointed one. He will answer us from the holy heights of heaven. And finally, these ones come with chariots. And these ones come with horses. How does the Jew come? Yes. The Jew must do his ashtados, and yes, the Jewish army must be outfitted, but we have to know there's no such thing as kochi ve'otsam yadi asali asachaya hazeh. Anachnu, b'shem Hashem elokeinu nazkir. It is only with our trust and our faith, our reliance and our belief in the name of God that we will be remembered and that we will be saved. And final pasuk of the capital, Hashem Hashiach, no wonder this is recited every day in the Shach Tfilos as we begin to close up the daily morning prayer. Hashem please accept all the prayers we have just uttered to you. Please answer all of our supplications. On the day that we call out. Thank you for learning with me. I wish you all a wonderful day. Call to all and thank you so much.